0: Welcome to the Sex and Spirituality Podcast, a show where we had real, deep conversations about everything from love, dating, sexuality, mental health, trauma, spirituality, metaphysics, healing, and all things new age and (laughs) woo-woo. I am your host, Lauren Coletti, a feminist poet and grad student studying psychology with a focus on sexual health. As a domestic violence and sexual abuse survivor, I hope these vulnerable conversations will inspire you to take an introspective look at yourself to help you better your life and the people around you. Thanks for listening. Triggered um, and kind of I don't want to say I self-harmed, but I had, like, a little incident. Um okay. So there's this place in Medford called the Country Fair. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's, um, it's, like, an amusement, like, entertainment arcade thing for adults. And we went on Saturday? Sunday? Like, this weekend. And I got so freaking triggered... On the way there, um, because my friend ended up canceling, and I was really looking forward to seeing her, and that kind of irritated me. But the last time I went to that place was with my ex in 2016, and he actually worked right across the street from the place, which was the triggering part. So I but just- Like, currently
1: he works there?
0: I think across he still street?
1: works there, Yeah.
0: I'm not sure cuz he's he blocked me. <laughs> so I okay. can't really stalk him, which is a good thing. But I just had like this huge like I don't know, emotional flashback and when I got anxious in the past, sometimes I would self-harm. And I didn't have anything on me to self-harm, but like I have my nails which I just got done and they're like mm-hmm. super sharp. So I started scratching my wrist not to the point because it was scratchy. It was to the point where I wanted to make myself bleed. Uh And Nick was like, wow, like you must be really itchy. Like try not to touch it. It's all red and cut up. And I was just like, yeah, but really like it was on purpose. Like it's Uh so twisted. But when I used to self-harm, which I haven't done in years, I used to love the look of the scratches if that make sense in some like weird twisted way like it was almost like a proud moment like look at what I did to myself Mm -hmm. and I just felt like I was transported back like regressing into that part where I used to self-harm so Mm yeah but I think I think
1: it's okay to have a relapse you know I think that's really what it is I would never in a million years say that you've regressed you know, just because I feel like you were triggered and, and something that happened a, a few years ago, you know, like where you were really just transported back into that state of mind. Um, I, I definitely wouldn't say that that's regression. You know, I would never say that. I feel like if you have made progress, there's really no, like, reg- I, I think, you know, like, because you've been so sort of on top of things and you're so like aware and you acknowledge a lot of the things that are happening around you you know um but I would like to normalize it though because I, it happens a lot more often I think than people realize and it I feel like sometimes there's like shame and guilt that also comes from that um but in this case do you feel like there's any shame or guilt
0: there was in the sole fact that I got triggered and then I started getting kind of cold and standoffish to Nick and he noticed, and he was kind of like, do you want to leave? Like you clearly don't want to be here. And then Mm -hmm. I felt like attacked. I'm like, excuse me. Like, and I wanted to like start a whole big fight. So I felt Mm -hmm. honestly most guilty for like being with Nick and thinking about my ex that I felt a lot of shame around. Um, Mm -hmm because I couldn't stop thinking like, oh my God, like, is, is Jack working right now? Like, I want to go inside there and see him. Like, I just want to see him. And I felt Mm -hmm. really guilty for that.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Um, So let me ask you, if that were the case, right, if you ended up going there and you went inside the building across the street or whatever it is, what would you get out of that? What do you think would happen?
0: I would be so humiliated it would be so mortifying like I think I would shit my pants I wouldn't get anything from it mm-hmm. it'd just be so like re-traumatizing if I saw him mm-hmm.
1: yeah I, I very much think like just I think be- with you I think it's so important to actually see the stuff all the way through it like say you did do this I can understand the you know the the urge, you know, wanting to sort of do something. I get that, the curiosity around that, 100%. You can have all of these thoughts. Um, but acting them out is the thing that you don't typically do, you know? So if you are having these thoughts and you start to feel shame and guilt around it, I would like you to stop and think it all the way through. If this, all right, like say, all right, I'm Lauren, I'm going to do this. Like, let, let me see what sort of happens, right? And play it out. Because um, I feel like most of the time you might get your answer out of what would happen, like, if you were to do this thing that you're thinking about. Um, okay. So is did you ever discuss with Nick that it was self-harm, or did he does he still genuinely think you were itchy? Yeah, he
0: probably forgot about it. He didn't know that I was, like, getting – Like, I used to have – I don't have PTSD anymore, I would say. At least it's, like, very minuscule. But, like, I was having a lot of those symptoms, like, hypervigilating and, like, getting a panic attack almost that I had to excuse myself to the bathroom. Uh And he doesn't know about it. Like, I almost felt weird telling him, even though I know he'd be really supportive and, like, comforting. But I just – I don't know. I think sometimes things are better left unsaid hmm
1: gotcha so was it just not necessary for him to know what was happening with you
0: yeah maybe that's it okay
1: okay yeah I mean at any point I guess would it make a huge difference if you did tell him
0: I don't know I thought about telling him because we were having like a conversation yesterday or the day before kind of about what we were talking about with moving and things like that. And I thought about bringing it up, but Mm -hmm. maybe in the moment, if I brought it up, it would have been helpful because then he could have helped me to calm down. But it's kind of like now it's past.
1: That's that's kind of what I'm thinking as far as like moving forward. Just because I feel like I'm, I think that that might be a good like preventative measure to sort of be put in place. Like have Nick in that moment be like a support system for you, you know? Um, Because it seems like sometimes he's good at that, you know. Like he might have his flaws and things like that, but there's also things that he's good at, um, from what I understand. Um, So, I'm moving forward. If you did have that urge or if it did come up again, I would like for you to use your environment um, to your advantage, you know? If Nick is in it, like, definitely.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's just sometimes I confuse myself because I didn't want to let my mind go there. Like, I really wanted to try to enjoy the time with my friends and Nick, and I didn't want to ruminate on the past and get kind of pulled Mm -hmm. back into that. But part of me, I think, like, is part of me that – like enjoys it. I don't know. It, or it feels like somewhat soothing or comforting. And that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like I wish I could just erase that part of me that kind of gets off on being depressed and things mm-hmm. like that. Like I don't understand why that part of me still exists.
1: I think it existed for such a long part of your like life, you know, for probably what you can remember. You know what I'm saying? Like it just it served a purpose for so long, and I think if you did erase it, that's something that you might find like in the future. You know what I'm saying? Like it would just it might just come back to you. Um, so I can understand like finding comfort in it. You know, that finding it's familiar. It's it's it was safe at one point. Um, but bringing it back to the here and now, if we were to play all of this stuff through. You know, you would like, you said it yourself, if you went into that building and saw your ex, it would just, it would be terrible, (laughs) you know, so it's like, I think you can have all these thoughts and it'd be okay, you know, but acting on it, you don't typically do, as I said, and I think that's a huge difference, you know, and I, I think you're entitled to think whatever it is that you want to think that is totally okay. Um, I think when you try and suppress these things, you just fester more energy to it you know?
0: Yeah. I, I realize like Nick has made me realize that I have a lot of limiting beliefs that kind of formed my identity. So when those beliefs get challenged, it almost doesn't feel real or like I'm deserving of being happy or like, I feel like I'll always be depressed. Things, good things just don't happen to me. Like, that's kind of my identity based on my past or, like, whatever. So it's kind of like when something good does happen or I'm not feeling emotional or moody, it almost feels uncomfortable, like you said, because it's too familiar at that point.
1: hmm Limiting beliefs, like what? Um...
0: Like, for example, when we were in Florida, like, Nick and his family were, like, looking at houses and big houses. Like, his aunt had a mansion. And I was like, what, how do people live like this? Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> are we in Beverly Hills? Like, it felt uh-huh. so, like, out of my, like, what I'm used to. And Nick was like, yeah, one day we'll get a house like that. Like, it's not it's not undoable. Like, it we could do that easily. And I'm just like, maybe you could, but I'm lucky if I can live in a box and die alone with 10 cats, like sort of like self-deprecating things like that. And he's like, you just don't believe that like the things are possible for you. And I guess like when I reframe it and look at Nick's life, like someone that grew up without any really physical, sexual, emotional trauma, like you believe different things are possible for yourself because you haven't been exposed to, I guess, like bad things. So Mm -hmm. I think because I've been exposed to so much like adverse experiences, I'm kind of stuck in that mindset of like expecting bad things or just not thinking good things are possible for me.
1: Mm -hmm. I also feel like there's a lot of ignoring your present you, you know, like you're here and now the fact that You know, like even something as small as going to Florida, you know, like something, being able to travel there, enjoying some of the things that you're enjoying with Nick or being emotionally, mentally in a good place. um,
0: You know, a lot of that
1: stuff sort of gets forgotten and maybe not even acknowledged sometimes. You know, it's usually like we skip this part, we go to the future, we'll go way into our past, you know. Um, and just ignoring this middle part because it's not, it's not real. It doesn't exist. It's yeah. never existed for me ever. Um, why do I feel like it would exist for me in the future? You know what I'm saying? Um, I feel like this is so different for you in so many different ways. You know, I feel like you're still trying to like maneuver it and understand it and be okay with these things. Um, and I think that, that stuff takes time, you know?
0: Yeah. Cause there's so much, self-doubt and like you said it's stuck in my old way of living or like so convinced that my past will repeat itself that I'm not even in the present because I'm so focused on like what has historically happened so Uh it's kind of just like taking me out of enjoying the present
1: right and and even like you being triggered you know you were triggered because of something that happened in the past somewhere you were going in the present time an experience that you had in the past you know that sort of maybe robbed you of the experience that you may have wanted you know yeah definitely it's a tough thing to have balance between the two you know because I can understand that I myself have been through something like that you know like for your past is what sort of molded you into the person you are and then you're in this experience where it just feels so unreal, you know, and so strange and so unfamiliar, um, I get it, you know, I totally understand what you're saying. It's, it's, it's such a weird balancing act, you know, but I would never want you to ignore what has happened to you because it made you who you are, you know, it's, you have a backbone because of the experiences that you you yourself went through you know but that does not define what it is that's going to happen to you in your future you know that will never define who you want to become You know, just because it is made you who you are right now in the present moment does not mean it will dictate like all your roads in, in the future in in the future we'll just finish it there in the future
0: yeah You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I just feel sometimes like I, like you said, backbone is a nice way of putting it, but a lot of times because of my past, like I just feel like so unrelatable to people, or Mm -hmm. I just feel really detached and disconnected from people, and sometimes it kind of sucks. So, I don't know if the experience honestly changed
1: me for the better or for the worse. Mm-hmm. And I think there might be a little bit of both there, you know? Yeah. Just adding balance to absolutely every part of this. Um, I think something like that happening to you really makes you change your perspective of the world you know, and how you sort of view other people and their intentions and their genuineness. Um, and then there's people that sort of come around and then redefine all of that, you know, and it doesn't fit and it doesn't make any sense and it's weird and it's messy, you know, and there's a lot of confusion there. Um, and I think that when that happens, we will always resort back to something that we're familiar with, always. Mm. Yeah. You know, so I guess my question is, how do you find... How do you find a place of a place of comfort in the here and now? You know, how do we decondition and restructure into the present moment where we can use some of this stuff moving forward? It's, you know, being part of your identity.
0: It feels really easy for me to do that when I'm alone, honestly, because I feel safe when i'm alone like i don't feel triggered when i'm alone (laughs) most of the time but when i'm around other people then it becomes really tricky for me
1: Hmm. can you give me an example is it different between different people you know like levels of it are different that you reach with different people
0: um i think i get easily overwhelmed when i'm in like larger groups Um, if I'm like with my mom, then I feel completely fine or Mm -hmm. I can just walk away. But if I'm like out with friends or like with Nick's family, it's not so easy to kind of come back to center. Mm -hmm. Why is that? I guess because I'm out of my element or I'm in like an environment that doesn't feel so secure.
1: Hmm, gotcha. So maybe not necessarily the people that you're with. It's it's
0: interesting because I'm kind of curious as to if that could be it, honestly, because as stupid as it sounds, like I saw an Instagram quote on like one of these accounts I'm following, and it was like, you're not antisocial, it's just the people around you kind of suck. <laughs> like it it wasn't so like self righteous the way I said it, mm-hmm. but it was kind of like the reason your energy gets so drained and you feel so bad isn't because like you hate the human race. It's because like maybe you should examine the people you're surrounding yourself with. And I was just like, um, that's kind of true, I guess. Like mm. never really thought about it that way.
1: Right. Right. Cause I'm thinking if say you're in an, oh gosh, I almost said nightclub cause I'm <gasps> a million years old say you're in a nightclub. <laughs> um, or at a bar <laughs> and you know you're you're with like for whatever reason you're there with your mom okay like does that make you feel out of your element being that that's someone that you feel comfortable around but the environment is not what you enjoy You know what I'm saying like mixing very two different things someone that's sort of stable and you feel completely yourself around and then an environment that you don't typically like a very stimulating environment. Add those two together. What is it that sort of comes up for you?
0: I still wouldn't like it at all. Um, but mm-hmm. I would feel comfort in knowing that, like, I could tell my mom, let's leave. And she would leave, like, having that exit or, like, a safe outlet to be like, I'm not enjoying myself. Like, I'm, let's go. Rather than mm-hmm. if I went with Nick and his friends, I would feel completely suffocated and trapped and forced to pretend I'm having a good time and have to stay and stick it out.
1: Mm. Gotcha. Uh, I understand. Okay. So say Nick was in your home. How, how do you feel then? I feel fine. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I'm thinking like if there was some type of exit strategy for you to have, um, like something that was... I don't know, a code word, something simple, you know, that Nick would understand what it meant and means like, all right, she's not doing okay right now. Let's leave. Um, so I feel like then you would have control over how you feel and your environment and you would be able to get out of there in a, you know, in a very safe way. Um, Because I feel like there's nothing worse than feeling trapped, you know, than feeling like you have to pretend to be something that you aren't, you know, or how you feel. Um, You know, if you're not being genuine and true to yourself, it's just, it it never works out, you know. Um, So something like that, I would like to see if that would help. Like if it, if you know, if it was just you and Nick out at a bar, you know, and how that would sort of be. And then if it was like you, Nick, and a bunch of friends, you know, and how that sort of would play out if you did need to leave um yeah I I don't know I I, I think we have to get creative with that you know so you can sort of feel comfortable you can feel yourself like feel like yourself um in an environment that you might not like but you kind of have to be in sometimes
0: yeah I like the word that you said like feeling out of control because that's exactly how I feel and I Sometimes feel bad for Nick because he's so people-y, like he loves people, like he loves talking, he loves going out with friends, like he's very extroverted and outgoing and always wants to be around people and I don't want him to think like Lauren is so boring, like she hates socializing so now I have to sacrifice what I like to do for her, like she doesn't know how to have fun, like she's so uptight. I don't want him to think that. So sometimes I just pretend or I feel like I'm sacrificing my peace or my like serenity just so that he could have a good time.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. How do you feel if you were to do this stuff on his own? Like if you decided to like stay back and, you know, he had some type of birthday party or something to go to, do you, would you feel like you were being left out? No, you would be, you be, would like, be okay with that. Go. like I'm good. I'm good okay. here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, cuz there it w- there's times and places, you know, that you can that you can mentally take it, you know, and if you weren't dealing if you, you couldn't deal with it that night, you'd said to let him off on his own and he was fine. Um, you know, that's peace of mind for you that's him being himself somewhere else, you know. Um, and you guys sort of get back together and everything is sort of okay. You know, you guys are both in a good place. Um, I would like your thoughts on that. If you guys were to plan something out, like, a, you know, exit, like, plan exit strategy, you know, how to get away. I, how, would, how, would, how would Nick feel about that?
0: Well, I mean, I think it would be helpful to think of, like, a word to use, like you said, when I'm starting to feel a certain type of way. But Nick does offer – like, he's, like, if at the country fair, let's just say, he's, like, I can tell you really don't want to be here. And if you want to leave after an hour or whatever, like, just tell me and we can leave. But it's, like, he doesn't want to leave. And I don't want to be that controlling girlfriend that's, like, yep, it's time to go. Like, Uh I don't want him to not have a good time or not see his friends just because I have zero interest in seeing my friends. (laughs) So – I don't know. I don't want to do that to him. It almost doesn't feel mm-hmm. fair. Oh,
1: mm-hmm. gotcha. Okay. Do you think that would be a better strategy to to use if you guys were both on your own? Like if other people weren't involved, then it would be an easier way to get out?
0: Yeah, I mean, if it was just us, then I would definitely say something.
1: Hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So, okay, I understand. Okay. All right, so what's a different way that we can sort of get creative where you feel like you have control in these situations?
0: A big thing for me is, like, knowing when I could leave. Like, having a curfew or deadline. Like, all right, we're going to go out to eat at 6 o'clock, and then the restaurant closes at 8, so we're kind of, like, forced to Mm -hmm. departure. But now it's like I saw that the uh, bar restriction band, like when it used to close at 10, 11, that was like my favorite thing because I had an excuse to leave. But now it's that was lifted and I'm like, fuck, like what am I going to uh-huh. do now? Um, so I think just having a plan is like set in place for when we're going to arrive and when we're going to leave. But that's really all that I can think of.
1: Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> is that something that can go according to plan when you have more than just you two?
0: Not really. Mm-hmm.
1: Gotcha. Okay. So when you are in a situation like that, do you retreat to the bathroom? Sometimes, yeah. And it's almost
0: like I used to have crippling like debilitating social anxiety in high school and I always thought like I don't have it anymore but now that I'm speaking about this out loud it kind of sounds like I have like some issue around socializing that I don't know what it is like I don't know
1: hey you might you know do you feel like you are being judged in a group of people do you feel like you stick out
0: I feel more like on guard and self-conscious when I'm in a group of people rather than one-on-one or alone, definitely. Mm
1: -hmm. Self-conscious in what way?
0: Like I feel exposed, kind of. Like I have to pretend to be someone I'm not or I have to put more effort into my appearance so people don't judge me or something like that. Mm
1: -hmm. Gotcha. Do you feel like anyone has ever talking about you do you feel like
0: not really Mm -hmm.
1: okay so it's mostly it's mostly you feeling like you fill me in here (laughs) (laughs) because i i'm from what i understand you feel like you you yourself are putting in effort and it's really mostly on you, right? Like you don't feel like others are judging you or making judgments.
0: Sometimes. Yeah. Like if I, when I was in Florida with Nick and his family, like they were all drinking and I was the only person not drunk. So I felt like something's wrong with me because I don't do that. And the people are going to think like, Oh, look at her. Like, she thinks who she is, like to herself, not drinking, which people probably weren't thinking, but like <laughs> I was thinking they were thinking that. So,
1: mm-hmm. uh, let's fight that with some evidence. Did anyone come up to you and ask why you weren't drinking?
0: Um, yeah, people kept asking me to drink,
1: they didn't who, say who was why aren't it? you
0: drinking, but they were like, Come on, just drink, like, have a drink. Come on, Lauren, like, let's drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, fuck off.
1: <laughs> I didn't say that. What, <laughs> right. Was it like your immediate group? hmm Gotcha. Okay. Were those the people that you were feeling sort of self-conscious around? Um, yeah, I guess. Gotcha. Okay. Because so, I'm thinking like it, it very well could be your circle. Mm -hmm. you know, or it could be like your, like your surroundings, you know, if you show up with a group of people and you are comfortable around them, then it would be like the external, you know, your environment that you would be sort of self-conscious around. Um, but in this case it was both your environment and the people that you showed up with. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so hmm. in the, Like, in the near future, say you end up showing up, you know, to a birthday party or whatever, and it's just you and Nick, and you guys sort of... its it's At someone's house, you show up. um, How do you feel in the moments before seeing everyone, when you're just about to walk in?
0: Dread. I feel like that is
1: when (laughs) the anxiety is at its peak, you know?
0: It's definitely dread. Like, I... We'll make plans weeks out because I have to mentally prepare myself. And then the day comes when the plans, like, are going to go down and I would rather be dead. I'm like, fuck, why did I make these stupid plans? Mm -hmm. It happens every time. So I would say it's a feeling of, like, dread or uh, I can't wait to get this over
1: with. Mm -hmm. At any point, do these feelings, like, dissipate?
0: They might lessen based on how the night is going.
1: Gotcha. So then what's a good night for you?
0: One where I get to bed early.
1: gotcha. So like, say you end up showing up in your own car. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So when you basically are in control of when you can sort of leave Mm -hmm. and get there safely. Yeah. I think moving forward, if that makes it a, think maybe easier to possibly create something or have something in place, um, just by using something as small as using the word control, you know, like what gives you control in this place, in this environment, um, and sort of something that you can focus on. Um, whereas like, you know, you sort of stop focusing on the things that you can't control and focus on the things that you do have control over, yeah. you know, I think that, I would like to see how that sort of works for you. If you are in that situation and and these feelings come up, um, I would like you to sort of focus on your environment and what you can control. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I'd like to see how that sort of works, you know? Um, if you are triggered or if anything sort of comes up and we focus on the things that we can control, you know, how that sort of helps.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Hmm. <sighs> you know, I'm I'm actually shocked. I would have thought that you would have said more about your trip to Florida. Like I was like replaying this in my head, and I'm like, I don't know. Wonder how our trip, like how how is she doing right now?
0: Honestly, since I returned, so much has gone on that I, it feels like the trip was like 11 years ago. I actually quit mm-hmm. quit my job yesterday, kind of on a whim because it was just such a fucking toxic work environment that Nick helped me like write an email and send it to my boss who was just like being a dick about me returning. She was like, you have to get a COVID test to return. And I said, I don't feel comfortable getting a COVID test and I would like to quarantine self quarantine. First of all, I work in an office alone. There's maybe one other person in the entire building. Second of all, I haven't had any symptoms in a week. Like, so I'll quarantine. I don't want to take the test. And she's basically like, mm-hmm. you need to quarantine. I mean, you need to take the test. Quarantining's not an option. You have to return to work tomorrow. So go get a test. And I was just like, all right, I'm just not going to return in general now. Like you can go fuck yourself. Um, so I quit. So that happened. And it's just like a lot. <laughs> How do you
1: feel? Um, Did you feel
0: good? Yeah. They were just really not nice to me there. Like, The people that were my immediate supervisors were just very like, it's, I always find it like ironic when people that work for mental health agencies are assholes, but they were very like, would talk down to me and just very not nice. So it feels good to not be there. I have to eventually return my key and my equipment, but she hasn't answered my email even though I know she saw it. So Uh It feels it feels good, though. I mean, I'm going to be starting a new job, that one at the South Oaks. Um, so I'm not too worried about it.
1: Gotcha. OK, so OK, because I do remember you talk, talking about this for a little while now, you know, how they sort of would treat you there. And OK, well, good for you. And in, in that moment, you had control and you, you took advantage of that.